One of the outcomes of the pandemic has been the increased in cyber attacks riding on the mass work from home or remote work and the haste with which IT had to move people and organizations from on-prem to the cloud. It can be argued that the traditional perimeter-based security has lost some of its teeth as a result. Now, zero trust is lauded by some as the next evolution of an organization's security architecture designed to support new user populations, customer engagement models, cloud adoption, and IoT devices. Now, as the concept takes hold at the executive suite and board, analysts and vendors are claiming that zero trust is fast becoming the security model of choice for many organizations. But as we all know, things are always easier said than done. Experiences tell us that security leaders will struggle with the fundamental shifts in strategy and architecture required to holistically implement zero trust. In today's podcast for Future CIO, we speak to Parag Aurora, Vice President and Managing Director for Southeast Asia, Korea and India at Citrix. Parag, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. Why is zero trust more important than ever for businesses in 2021-2022? Good question, uh, Alan. I would look at this in two or three different ways. Uh, one, of course, we all understand the impact of the pandemic and how that has impacted all of us, you know, in our lives. However, beyond that, I think, you know, if I look at the businesses, you know, for, for enterprise and our customers, every business is today demanding agility. They are demanding to be globalized. They are demanding to really move fast. So I think one is clearly the business needs of speed and agility is one important shift, uh, which is so important to know. The second, I think, you know, for employees and for users that work in these businesses, there's a clear demand of you know what I call as a democratic way of working, where employees and users do want to work in the way they want to work in their locations and devices and whatnot. And that's becoming super important as well, you know, for companies to keep their employees satisfied. The third important thing is IT, right? IT has evolved dramatically over the last few years where we are no more living, you know, on the on-prem world where data and applications is residing, you know, on-prem and multi-cloud. And, and uh, so there's a completely a different landscape, you know, what's happening in the tech world. And on top of that, I think what's really interesting, and sometimes I would say dangerous is, you know, that the people who are breachers of security, they are getting much, much more smarter than ever before. And we are seeing a lot of data breaches, which probably would have never thought about before for many, many of our, you know, previous lives and years. So with all of this happening in the business and security paradigm, I think, you know, the word trust is getting kind of irrelevant. And I think, you know, that's where every business, every IT has to start planning their business and IT strategy with the assumption that you can't trust anything anymore. So that's probably, I think, why this is a very, very important concept today in business and technology. Now, zero trust as a concept is still relatively new, even though it's been uh, years already since it was first pushed forward by the analysts at Forrester. What would you say are the most common misconceptions around zero trust? I think three or four important things, you know, what we've seen as real misconceptions. I think the first one, which is really, in my mind, is very, very important is that zero trust is not a technology, right? As in, while, of course, technology enables zero trust, but zero trust is basically a culture in an organization in terms of how do you look at security? So I think the first and foremost, as in, zero trust is not a problem of the CIO or a, or a chief security officer. It, it is the board of the company and every stakeholder that is 
involved in the company is a stakeholder to zero trust i think the second misconception is i think you know for many many years security was seen as hey you know what i have i bought the best firewalls i bought the best endpoint security and i bought the best technologies so i am i am well secure right so it was like hey you know what let's look at all this probably once a year or once in six months and then kind of see if this makes sense but i think clearly that's again a big shift happening now as in zero trust is no more static you've got to be aware that you know the equation changes every day it's a dynamic concept and it it has to be adaptive it has to be contextual so the speed of change is so relevant here and, and that's why we can't call this as a static concept at all from the way we look at the zero trust and i think the third important misconception again is you know which uh, as i work with uh, our customers in this part of the world i think initially i think everybody thought that zero trust is just one new concept which uh, is relevant probably only for large large enterprise customers or large organizations with big budgets and they thought that this actually means I have to go and rip and replace you know all that i have and i need to go and buy something completely new so i think that's again a misconception i do want to kind of you know kind of talk about where i think a zero trust is for everybody right whether you're a big company or a mid size or a small and medium company this is very relevant to all of us and second from a technology perspective you know you don't need to rip and replace uh, you can always build on what you have and create this additional concepts uh, around zero trust From what I understand zero trust is not a product but more of an approach an, an idea how does this affect security strategies which are more often based around products I think first of all uh, I'll take a step back probably here and you know and kind of explain that you know why this is uh, not like a product right so first of all this is a concept which says never trust always verify so uh, so I think you know that defines the point that you know you you can't look at this as a point conversation and second you know unlike a product where generally you will have features and functionalities zero trust is actually a concept which demands a more holistic view of everything you know whether it's a technology or the process uh, or a culture the, and it doesn't talk about just one specific element here so again you know unlike a product this is a more holistic concept that touches across uh, pretty much everything in the business you know across people and process and technology and i think third you know which is important is you know like i mentioned briefly earlier is that this is an adaptive concept this changes this is contextual and it needs to kind of evolve over time on a real time basis and that again kind of you know gives a reason that you cannot look at this like a product this has to be something which is super dynamic uh, and keeps you protected all the time so i think some of these things uh, basically distinguish in a way how you look at this as a concept versus or a culture versus such a product to be honest i think what's really making a huge difference now is you know with the advent of automation and data and analytics all of this really brings a lot of intelligence in the whole process to keep the zero trust model running and active so at a high level i think alan this is clearly a kind of a framework uh, that needs to be working really touching pretty much every aspect of the organization organizations in asia are taking a hybrid approach to their computing requirement how does one integrate a zero trust strategy or approach when it will sit across a combination of on premises servers private cloud and public cloud and where their applications are dispersed all over the place 
So, so maybe if I kind of rephrase your question, I think in some way, if I understand is basically given that enterprises today or, or any company today is multi-cloud, how does one really implement zero trust? So if I look at that again, you know, a few important pointers, you know, I think I did mention briefly earlier, uh, one of the key important thing is the culture, right? So it's so important that this is an agenda with the CXOs of the company. And there is an ongoing understanding that we have to embrace best practices and new ideas that can help us provide this holistic support of security. And second, the, you know, I think, you know, very important is the technology and how do you really evaluate what you are deploying. So again, this needs solutions and technologies that A, are pretty much ready for the cloud. They are fungible. They can work multi-cloud. They can interoperate across clouds and across platforms. So that's very, very important that we invest in technologies that can really help us integrate this framework together. The third one would be, I think what I really feel is that for many years, you know, security in the old world was, hey, you know what, let's figure out and find out what is our protection surface you know and then you you keep on evaluating that protection surface and say hey this is i'm protected now but given where where we are right now you know from an it and business perspective i think it's really hard to define a protection surface and that is no more the answer so clearly a process in the company where there is an ongoing assessment you know of your data your applications your assets your services you know and so you you're clearly evaluating all of that on an ongoing basis and putting what i call as you know, I think the filter of six serving men, I don't know if you heard this word, right? This is like a poem from Kipling, you know, where he says six serving men, but basically about the who, the when, and the what, the where, and the why, and the how. And I think this kind of an ongoing filtering of the data applications and assets and services is super critical. Overall, I think, you know, Alan, it's like I said, it's it's a culture, it's a framework, it's a process. That's how we have to think about the zero trust in every organization. For industries that follow stringent regulatory frameworks built over years, how will zero trust impact the CIO and the CISO, the CISOs, charged with looking to add zero trust principles into an existing approved security architecture? Very good question, uh, Alan. And you know, I, I would be honest to say that you know this is one of the large challenges. You know, which I think there is we're seeing in a lot of enterprises and and companies where you have to figure out how do you kind of bridge the gap between what you have now uh, versus where you have to go tomorrow. And uh, and and this is not about security only, right? This is about technology overall. And uh, I think, uh, like I mentioned earlier, one of the first thing is you know to really realize for the CIOs and uh, for the chief security officers that this is an evolution and this is not a rip and replace. I think sometimes, like I said, just this concept of understanding rip and replace versus evolution does completely change the way you start looking at these things. And second, I think really have an incremental approach while we all want to solve all the problems like today, but really assessing where you are now, what investments you've already made, and then how can I really evolve uh, on a step-by-step basis to really kind of have a more holistic approach or a framework to my end goal. So I think there's two things like A, realizing this is not rip and replace and B, really saying, hey, you know what? I will traverse the journey on a step-by-step basis and I plan my resources and investment basis that. As we come to 2022, can you share your top three recommendations for how businesses can implement the zero trust approach successfully? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, like I mentioned briefly earlier, but the first one is 
really looking at the technologies that are multi-cloud and that are ready to go multi-cloud. So very, very important to choose the, the solutions that are ready for that approach. Second, really having a dedicated team, which is zero trust teams. And, you know, and, uh, and like as mentioned earlier, zero trust is not about just a chief security officer or the CIO. It touches business and, and every element, uh, including people, right? So really having the right committees or the right uh, governance models in, in every business, which cuts across business and IT and people and security to really own zero trust framework in every enterprise. And third is, you know, culture. And 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 uh, to be honest, Alan, as in we've seen that the biggest barrier to deploying zero trust is people. And, uh, and that could be uh, either ignorance or it could be sometimes not the right intentions. And uh, so it's very, very important that, you know, there is a very clear focus by the executives of the company. And when I say executives, this is the board of the company to make sure that zero trust is a culture that we build uh, across the teams and across the business to make this a reality. Harag, thank you very much for joining me on Podcast for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate your time. That was Parag Arora, VP and MD, Southeast Asia, Korea, and India for Citrix on integrating zero trust into existing security architectures. You are listening into Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.